Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jarrett Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. All right, I've got an approval ratings poll out there. Just about a few hundred votes in. just happened in the last 20 minutes or so. Would you like if Jaguars ended up hiring Eric Bieniemy? 77% in favor as of right now. I did this with Urban Meyer over the weekend, about 1,200 votes on that. So it's a pretty good sample size, pretty good. And it was 55-45. Hmm. So I'm going to continue to do it. Raheem Morris uh, scheduled to, reportedly to interview today with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we'll ask about him. Robert Sala up next. Arthur Smith, they've asked for permission. So... We'll float some of those out there. I'm interested to see what the approval rating would be, what the buzz would be, the excitement level would be. We know which guy would be more polarizing. That would certainly be Urban Meyer. Hey, everybody. Welcome in on a Thursday on what's been an exciting week here in Jacksonville. Happy New Year kind of week. And and the year is off to a fantastic start in terms of buzz around the Jacksonville Jaguars and plenty to talk about on the sports scene. Brett Martineau here at home once again. Probably finished the week here at home. And then uh, Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Jack Studios. Probably well rested this morning. Didn't have to do double duty. Who's yeah. never well rested. Who's what time are you waking up these days? You you had that little um, stint where you're waking up at like 4.30 in the morning, going to the gym. Is, is that over? No, I still got to <laughs> do our uh, morning sports center. So I'm up at 4. 4 a.m. to do the morning sports center. That's and hardcore. Then go to the gym, if not, go back to sleep. <laughs> That's hardcore, man. So, as in, you have to drive here to do the morning sports center. Or you can do it from home. No, I can. I can do them from the house. Ah, uh, the confines of your own bed doesn't. Nothing beats it. We gotta give. Uh, by the way, we should give a shout out because it's extra duty for Coos and Tank and uh, Aaron. Who else helps us out? Is that it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, Olivia used to. She gave up on it. She uh, was over. COVID, it. you know, COVID hit, and she's like, I'm out. Yeah. Um, so, in fairness to her, everything got thrown up, uh, up and down. But we appreciate those guys chipping in on these Sports Center updates. It's not a cast of thousands here no. at uh, ESPN 690, but we kind of pretend like it is, don't we? Uh, we got to deliver it like it is. What's up, Boston Lane? You skateboarding today? Uh, yeah, I skateboarded a little bit. Um, I took my progression to the next level. Now we're starting to bring back the kickflip again from my youth. So try to kickflip a couple times. Um, ended up credit carding myself once. If you don't know what that is, go ahead and Google it, but it's not good. So that didn't feel too good in my body today. But, uh, we're getting there. I, I didn't land any kickflips. I only skateboarded for about 15 minutes today. I didn't really have that much time. Uh, but I'm trying because that's just the way my mind works. When I apply myself to something, I'm almost obsessive to the point where it could drive my family crazy so we'll see how this whole uh new venture works out for everybody yeah uh, i'm kind of like that with pac-man right now miss Pac-Man. exactly first, uh, so, so you, you can definitely relate i, I can relate um, how's pac-man going uh, have you beat it yet uh nope haven't beat it uh, 78 000's my uh i don't think in the last 24 hours i've beat my high score so i'm a little upset mm. uh frustrated and haven't played it all today which is unfortunate uh so there's that. Uh, Raheem Morris uh, scheduled for an interview reportedly uh, with the Jaguars today. This is a guy that did a nice job with Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the interim once Dan Quinn got fired. And, you know, he's 44 years old, but he's been all over the place, you know, from the college game to obviously with Tampa uh, on and off, back to the college game, and then with the Atlanta Falcons uh, for quite some time. 
what do you know? What do you think? Uh, I feel like if there's one guy there's not a lot of buzz about in this process of names that we've heard that will interview, Raheem Morris is one. Uh, no disrespect to him. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like he's a move uh, a needle mover one way or another. Uh, there just doesn't seem like there's a lot of heavy opinion, which could also be a good thing, about uh, Raheem Morris. No, without a doubt. Um you know, and maybe he should get a little more credit, right? Because obviously, um, in Atlanta, uh, it was Quinn, right? Um, Dan Quinn. Yeah, yeah, Dan Quinn. Yeah, so Dan Quinn gets let go. And like, uh, the whole thing in Atlanta was the fact that, listen, like, they, there is expectation they're going to be good this year. And they lost a bunch of nail biters, probably games that they should have won. Um, and that can be detrimental to a team. Like, maybe one of those games, okay, you can rebound, but it seemed like they had three or four of those games. So obviously Quinn gets let go, uh, Morris takes over, and sometimes we see this in, in football, especially at the pro level, where uh, when an old coach gets let go and then the, the intern comes in or whatever, um, you see a spark a little bit, right? And, and you did see a spark. And to me, you saw that spark on the defensive side of the ball, obviously the position that Raheem Morris um, is used to coaching. So I thought his defense stepped up a lot. I, I love the fact that, uh, you know, how I feel about the whole defensive coordinator kind of guys in terms of culture building and you saw um an atlanta falcons team play a lot better as a head coach right now i'm not sure if he's a very high commodity but he's definitely a name that when i was starting to look at like defensive coordinators for possibilities for the jacksonville jaguars he's definitely a name uh that is on the top of my list for defensive coordinator yeah interesting and and by the way uh your guy that you mentioned a few weeks back aaron glenn yeah is going to get a try with the new york jets as the jets are really looks like they're thoroughly going through this process. I feel like there's a lot of linkage to names, and, and some of the names that aren't floating everywhere with the New York Jets, uh, I think the latest report was Marvin Lewis mm-hmm. has uh, interviewed with the New York Jets. So Aaron Glenn's a guy that you've looked at in the past as uh, really good on defense, up-and-coming star, and maybe the Jets realize like, that too. Of course, yeah. he, played, he played for New York back in the day, right? No, he, he absolutely did, so he's got ties there, but I'm a huge, huge fan um, of Aaron Glenn. You know, I've talked to about him before. Um, he's a defensive backs coach out of New Orleans, but the players there speak very highly of him. He's known for kind of like, you know, He's a little bit of a, I mean, if you look at his age, he's 48 years old, but he, he kind of brings that energy and that youth to it, but he's definitely kind of like that old school mentality. It reminds me a lot of what Maurice Jones Drew was saying yesterday where, you know, if if a guy was late, then the whole team's running and things like that. I feel like Aaron Glenn brings that kind of mentality. So he's got that newer school feel, but he's got that old school defensive mentality, which I can't um, get enough of. And the fact that he is very great at developing players, whatever position that he coaches, he's done that, and people swear by that as well. Actually, I uh, spent some time in Jacksonville back in 2007 uh, here in Aaron Glenn. So I, I know last year the New York Giants were requesting him for a head coaching position. Position. Um, like I said, he's the defensive backs coach this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he at least gets an upgrade to defensive coordinator. And once again, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, I definitely consider him a top get at defensive coordinator. All right, I've got to go run and get a Kleenex here. I had a COVID test today, and everything's jostled around up there. Oh, yeah. So while I do that, I want to ask you about Urban Meyer and the quiet nature of Meyer over the last 24 to 36 hours. Does that mean anything to you? Man, um, you know, I'm going to be honest here. So I think the synopsis of Urban Meyer was the fact that he's the favorite to go to Jacksonville. And I think when you had teams like the Lions, 
um, you know, and other teams making moves and, and the fact that, all right, we're going to, we're going to interview this guy. We're going to interview this guy. It seemed like Jacksonville was slow playing things a little bit. And I, and I echoed the, to this, uh, probably about, I don't know, I think it was a Monday where I talked about this, where it was a little peculiar that if you truly have the hottest job in the NFL, I mean, who cares about word getting out, right? Because you're trying to get the top candidates. So, yeah, go ahead and say you're going to interview Urban Meyer, Brian Dabble, or, or B Enemy, even though Dabble only has been an official yet. Um, why not say that? So, to me, it was a little peculiar from the fact that the Jaguars were kind of quiet for a little bit uh, about their, you know, their, their coaching search. Well, now it's really amped up, and it's kind of ironic that they were quiet when the Urban Meyer stuff was going off the shelves. And now the Urban Meyer stuff has been kind of quiet, and now the Jaguars are a lot louder in terms of going after their coach. So I'm not sure if Urban Meyer is the top guy in Jacksonville um, in terms of you know where he ranks on the must-have. You you hear like guys like Albert Breer and people reporting that yes, you know Urban Meyer, um, Jacksonville wants him. They, they they definitely are willing to to cultivate him, if you will. But at the same time, the fact that we haven't heard from Urban Meyer directly or his camp. And the fact that now we're starting to see the Jaguars pick up a little bit in coaching interviews, yeah, it, it, I think there's something to be, uh, to be watching there. Yeah, here's my take on it, okay? I, I don't think there's a lot here. I think this is more of the process playing itself out. And, you know, I think things got a little bit too crazy if I'm the Jaguars. And, and again, this is me just putting puzzle pieces together, and that's what I'm doing a lot of, by the way. <laughs> I find myself, you know, we've been through so many of these coaching searches. There's so many names out there. There are GM jobs and head coaching jobs, and obviously six head coaching jobs, seven GM jobs, now six because Houston uh, hired Casario. But, it, you know, you're, it's really a big puzzle piece type thing, and the timeline's very important because you have a lot of competition. What I do wonder is do you have competition for Urban Meyer at all? So if you go back to last weekend where everything got raised up and if you start adding up what was said and, and and things that were happening the urban meyer stuff got hot and at the same time doug marone still had a job and at the same time the jags had didn't even have an open job and at that same time they hadn't gone through any of the process which includes vetting everybody but also the rooney rule which you have to take into consideration uh, but vetting everybody you know in, in in a candidate pool where i think is pretty deep this year i think it's pretty darn good so I think if you go back and look at all that, and then obviously Marone gets fired and, and everything, now you got an open job and Shotcon talks and says what he's looking for. Well, then you start seeing requests, and Shotcon said on Monday, hey, we're going to put requests in now to interview folks. Well, you don't formally have to go through other teams to request to interview Urban Meyer, so that can be done at any time during the week without really a lot of fanfare. You know, or it can be done next week, or it doesn't even have to be done for all that matter. You don't have to go tell, I don't think, you know, you don't have to tell any organization at least. You might have to still let the NFL know what what you're doing in the process, I would assume. Um, but the, the I think a lot of the word gets out because of the request nature of, hey, we'd like to talk to Arthur Smith. We'd like to talk to Raheem Morris. We'd like to talk to Robert Sala. We'd like to talk to Eric Bieniemy. So that's how the word, in fact, some coaches will flat out say, yeah, he's going to, I think it was Shanahan. Who's, who mentioned Salah was going to interview with X team last week, like during a news conference. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes that happens. So if you add all that up, well, now the Jags, at least reportedly, be enemy yesterday, Raheem Morris today, Salah on uh, Saturday. And remember, they requested, at least there were reports, they requested for Arthur Smith, and he can't talk until after the first wild card game is in the books. So that can't take place until early next week at, at the earliest. 
And so I believe this is still just very quietly playing out. And I don't think this is a a charade either. I want to make that perfectly clear. I don't think this is a charade to say, hey, Urban's our top guy. We're just going to go through the motions here. We're going to make sure we interview people. No, I don't think that's true because there's two things at work. One, I think you interview people with full intention of hiring them because what happens when you need that next cycle? You know, that means you did work on them. That's important. But also, in this situation, let's just say Urban's the top guy. I still think there's very much concern on whether he's going to take the job, even if the Jags want him. And so I think they definitely have to have a plan B or uh, plan 1A or whatever you want to call it in this situation. And they also have to be willing to move fast on that because you have competition. The only guy you really don't have a lot of competition for right now is Urban Meyer. So you can kind of let that sit out there for now, knowing that's something you might go back to and you're waiting to hear from him on what he's going to do for sure. And you can't fully trust that because he could change his mind in the 11th hour and then you're left at the altar. So I think that's how I read this whole situation right now. And what I get to at the end of the day, Austin, is – they're going to let this thing play out. They're going to see what happens. I think they will. You know, I still have this belief that they will wait on Urban Meyer and wait to hear from him. But I would say by next Tuesday, I would think, Tuesday's my day. I think by Tuesday, we might have reports flying everywhere in which way on who the Jaguars are favored to get, offered the job to, might land, or we might even know by Tuesday uh, who the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars are. That, that's kind of the timeline that I see right now. Yeah, and that's what, what Albert Breer was saying, too. Like He said it could be in the weekend or it could be next week, early next week. I, I guess here's my question. Everyone's been telling me that this is the job to have. This is, this is the, like, in terms of um, the draft capital in terms of the number one pick, like this is the most coveted job right now to coach in the entire NFL. So if that's the case, like if I'm Shad Khan, I'm not worried about keeping things hush-hush. Why? Like you're supposed to have your pick of the litter here because you supposedly have the number one job. So if Urban Meyer truly is indeed that guy and there's not a lot of demand for him apparently – then why wouldn't you meet with him ASAP? Like, why, why wouldn't you get it out of the way? Like, why why wouldn't you go after your guy if he truly is your guy? What do you gain by, all right, Urban, well, let's, we'll wait to hear in a couple weeks or so. Like, do you think Urban Meyer is literally going to take these next couple days to decide if he's going to coach in the NFL? Like, I'm pretty sure he's already got a pretty good idea of what he wants to do. I don't think these next couple days he's going to sleep on it and wake up with an epiphany. Like, I think he knows what he wants to do. So then why is this whole thing being slow played if Urban Meyer is indeed the Jaguars guy? Well, I think part of it is you have to do the process. You have to have your due diligence. The Rooney rule does exist, so you can't be overly fast on this. I mean, you really can't. You have to You have to abide by the process of interviews. And again, I firmly believe this isn't just a Rooney rule thing. I don't want to get that misconstrued. I think that is something you have to do, but I think these are serious candidates. I think I think Eric Bieniemy is a serious candidate. I don't think that's a Rooney Rule candidate. I think he's a serious candidate. I think Raheem Morris, I, I have a less of a feel about him as high on the list as he is for the Jags, but maybe they want to get a feel for Raheem Morris, and, and maybe I just don't have the feel for that. I think Robert Sala is definitely in the in the grasp of the Jacksonville Jaguars and high on their list. If they made a board, I think he is high on their list. I think the enemy is too. And I think Arthur Smith probably is too. So I don't think this is just 
token interview stuff. I think this is doing your homework for now, for potentially down the road, for potentially what if. And also, uh, the Urban Meyer thing, there really isn't a lot of competition for Austin. Like, you don't, the only other team you've heard mentioned for Urban Meyer is the Chargers. And I kind of believe, this is just my personal belief, that might have been thrown out there by his agent just to kind of create, or his camp, just to kind of create at least a, a uh, competition for him of some sort. No. So I just don't trust any of all that stuff that's out there, and I'm just trying to reasonably, logically look at this. I don't think there's any reason to speed it up at the moment. In fact, I think it got going too fast over the weekend for the Jags liking. But no, but like, I mean, but you still didn't get to my point, though. Like, listen, Urban Meyer, according to a lot of people, and maybe even the Jaguars, he's the guy they want to get. Okay, so if that's the case, and you want to go after Urban Meyer, and if you're Shad Khan and you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and you have the the best job available, like everyone's saying, then why haven't they interviewed him already? Why haven't they interviewed him like yesterday How or do you the know day they before haven't? that? You don't think that would have got out? No, that's so, my point. Like, I, I think it's harder for Urban Meyer's stuff to get out unless his camp leaks it because you're not asking another team for permission. He's already available. Like, Marvin so, Lewis just got out there by the Jets. We didn't know beforehand, I don't think, I don't think, and don't uh, quote me on it, but I didn't see the Jets are interviewing Marvin Lewis. I just saw the Jets interviewed Marvin Lewis. So they got that after the fact. You know what I mean? So you think the Jaguars already interviewed Urban Meyer? Well, I, here's what my belief on the Urban Meyer front. I think the Jaguars, if he is high on their list, which I believe he probably is high on their list, I don't know if there's a lot of interviewing going on. You know what Urban Meyer is. You probably... No, you can't say that, Brent. How can you tell a team to do their due diligence and then they're not going to interview him? Well, they might... Listen, I have no idea, and that's why I don't want to suggest that they've talked to him for the last three years about this at some point. I just... I believe that you know what Urban Meyer wants, what he's looking for by talking to his representation. If you really want him, you know what he's about. Listen, don't we have a feel like we know what Urban Meyer is all about more than a lot of these other candidates? I think people know what Urban mm. Meyer is, who Urban mm. Meyer is. And that, by the way, that doesn't mean they're not going to interview him. Um, and, and I don't know, I don't interview enough people to know how they set the table for this. Like, I thought this today. Uh, let me add one thing before I forget, too. Why haven't you heard more about it? Why isn't it out there? Because I do think this is a little bit of a poker hand for the Jaguars. But they do why? have the best. Well, because there's six other jo- five other jobs out there, man. There's five I other jobs. I thought the Jaguars had the best one. I, I, I thought the Jaguars had the most draft capital. I don't know why you're hung up Trevor on the Jags have the best job. They do have the best job. They okay. do. So why then, would you want somebody else to go after your guy to raise the price, raise whatever, be a competitor there? I mean, why because, would you throw every, they don't even want Raheem Morris, Robert Sala, and Eric Bieniemy out there? Listen, the Jags are staying quiet on this front. If you're a coach and it's the best job, then don't you go to the best job? Like Shad Khan not has the, the money. Shad Khan has the money, so I'm not worried about the money. If they truly want Urban Meyer, then they'll spend the 12 million, the 13 million, the whatever it's going to cost to get Urban Meyer. That's pocket change. So take the money out of it. If it truly is the best job, then what are you worried about? Like, why are you trying to play coy? You should be inviting everyone. Hey, we're gonna we're interviewing Urban Meyer today. We're gonna interview Sala. Like, come get some. We have the best job offer. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah, that's well, how you that's should be great, running this thing. A, then there's a guy at the other side of the table like you that doesn't necessarily think this is clearly the best job, so you can't just float it out there. Maybe somebody else thinks like you. Okay. I mean, well, seriously, like, some would you go take the Sean Watson instead? <laughs> 
That's out there. Would you take Sam Darnold? Would you want to be in New York? I mean, everybody's, this is clearly the best job out there if you weigh them. But that doesn't mean that ex-coach doesn't think this is the best fit for him. Those are two different stories, two different things. But I, I just don't, by the way, you have to understand, these reports are not coming from the Jags. The Atlanta Falcons are outwardly saying, and the Houston Texans have outwardly said, we interviewed X guy. The Jags are not doing that. The Jags are trying to keep this under wraps. I mean, some of the word is getting out here or there. But the Jags are not floating, hey, we're interviewing Robert Sala on Saturday. That's not coming from the Jags. So then do you think the Jaguars have interviewed Urban Meyer? Uh, I think they have done a lot of work on Urban Meyer. I don't believe they have officially uh, interviewed him. Well then, but, well, but then, I think they will in the next few days, as long as he still says yes, I'm interested. Well, then, in my opinion, then you're behind the eight ball. Yes, you know what Urban Meyer brings to the table, but you know what he brings to the table as a college football coach. He's going to be different than NFL. He has to be. He can't be college Urban Meyer. He has to adapt. And if you're not going to interview him anytime soon to see how is he going to adapt, how is he going to transfer from the college to the pro level, then you're doing yourself a disservice. I think those conversations, my friend, may have started, shoot, some 15 months ago about Urban Meyer. Uh, if you're asking me what I believe, I don't know that. But what I believe is, is those kind of inquiries may have started uh, quite some time ago uh, because I think that's called doing your due diligence. Even if you don't even have an opening, what's your next move on the chessboard, so to speak? One other thought on that in terms of the timing of interviews, and I don't know if it adds up or not, but I've thought about it. And I want to see your take on it. We get that. Trevor Lawrence signs with an agent. Sorry, New York, but this is not adding up to play out like you sports radio folks up in NYC wanted it to. We'll talk about it more on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. I, play, I finished hey. second, right? I lost in the championship yeah. to you. Austin Lane. I, hey, you know what? You didn't win, okay? That's all that matters. I didn't win. Don't, don't worry about what you did last year. You no. didn't win. I okay? didn't win, and yeah. I auto-drafted. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The maturity that he, he brings and, and how consistent he's been in terms of his, his mental makeup and, and just getting better every single year. Um, I, I, I hear you. And I, I also think, you know, if, if there's one concern or one issue, to me, it's not even the big games because he's competing and he's fighting. He lost 2,800 receiving yards and, and there's three receivers that were lost from a year ago. So in his offensive line is not very good. He's as good as Andrew Luck was coming out of college. And I know Andrew Luck probably didn't live up to all the expectations because of injury uh, and retiring early. But Andrew Luck, in my my 15 years of doing this, has, has been the highest prospect that I've had. And I, I, I just think Trevor Lawrence has got a lot of the same qualities that Luck did when he was coming out of Stanford. That is Todd McShay, ESPN Draft Guru. Hopefully we'll get Todd McShay on sometime over the next couple months. And and you're going to hear guys like Todd McShay rave about Trevor Lawrence in in part because it's uh it, it all relates to who they've seen in the past. That's why you hear, hear Andrew Luck's name and that's why those guys scored Andrew Luck so high and now Trevor Lawrence getting that kind of grade. And so just compared to others, like I saw Pro Football Focus Austin say uh, these last three years of Trevor Lawrence were like 
90-plus ratings for pro football focus. And Deshaun Watson, as great as he was at Clemson, as great as he is now, he was like in the high 80s, like 87, 88, 89. Mm -hmm. So all three years of Trevor Lawrence were higher than Deshaun Watson. So, again, they have grading systems. They have charts. They have all this stuff, and that's pro football focus. But I'm talking about McShay and Kuyper and whatever analyst, and I would think even GMs and and front offices. And when you do those grades – the, the numbers don't seem to lie. No, without. I mean, listen, you talk about the numbers, you talk about analytics a little bit, but when you talk about those numbers with those comparisons, you can see them line up. Now, obviously, Trevor Lawrence hasn't taken a snap here yet, so we got to give him time. But if you're telling me right now that Trevor Lawrence for the next couple of years could be the next Andrew Luck, I wouldn't be the most upset about that. Now, obviously, Andrew Luck never won a Super Bowl, but I'll never forget when I when we found out as as a team back when I was playing that listen, we we had to go through season after season of Peyton Manning kicking our ass, and now all of a sudden they they luck into Andrew Luck, and I thought I was taken advantage of. I think the entire locker room like how is that fair? Like you want to talk about people getting mad at, at the Jaguars for quote unquote tanking and getting Trevor Lawrence? You should have saw us in that locker room when we found out they're going to get Andrew Luck. It's just like how do you go from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck and not skip a beat? That's what it felt like. Yeah. So um. If they can get an Andrew Luck-esque type of guy with that much hype. And, you know, it kind of seemed like right away when Andrew Luck came in, you saw glimpses of brilliance. I think Jaguars fans would happily take that right now. Yeah, it'd be, um, here's the thing. Andrew Luck gave them a chance to compete for Super Bowls every year. They might not have won one, but he gave them a great chance, and he hid a lot of deficiencies. If Can you imagine if Andrew Luck had this offensive line mm. of the Colts the last couple of years? If they had done that faster and somehow were able to do that, I mean, he, he might still be playing, number one. And number two, he probably would have had even more success. And, you know, listen, Andrew Luck and other quarterbacks in this era will get a little bit of the Phil Mickelson to Tiger Woods treatment. If you're <laughs> playing in the AFC, you got to deal with Brady and Belichick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, so that's that, that's fact. You know, uh, you know, in, an, in another era, Mickelson would have won five more majors. Yeah. If he wasn't playing in the Tiger Woods era. But you know? I, I want to do something real quick. I want to take Andrew Luck's first year, his stats, and I want to throw them at you, and I want to see if you would accept that from Trevor Lawrence's first year here in Jacksonville, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now, obviously, I'm going to take the, the QB record out of it because they went 11-5. and five. Obviously, you would take that at a heartbeat, but let's just put that to the side real quick. 4,374 yards, a 54% completion percentage, 23 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, quarterback rating, and once again, this is kind of, I mean, who knows what this what this one means here on profootballreference.com, quarterback rating of 65.6. Would you take that from Trevor Lawrence? Would you be intrigued? Would you be disappointed? What would you be? Wow. So, okay, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna actually poke, push this out there as well because, so 4,300 yards. Uh, so the, the exact number is 4,374 yards. Okay. Uh, 54% completion rate? 54.1% completion percentage, that yes. That surprises me. Yeah. I thought it would be more than that. Uh, 23 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. Correct. 65 QB rating. Uh, yeah, but once again, I mean, I'm not sure what this rating means on this website, but a 65.6. Wow. I, I was a little surprised that that was his first year and they went 11-5. and five. Those are not True. unbelievable numbers. I know the 4,300 is a pretty good number, uh, and that's in like 2012 that would have been. Mm-hmm. So 4,300 in 2012 is a lot. 4,300 now is a lot. But 
you know, it's more apt that you're going to get over 4,000 yards in the last five years than even eight years ago, I would say. 54% surprises me. 23 touchdowns is a nice number. 18 interceptions. I did not realize he made that many mistakes with the football. And then a 65 QB rating. Well, yeah, so, I'm sorry, Brad, so it's the QBR, so 65.6, and then the rating is 76.5. Take that for how you want. It says rating and then QBR. Okay, yeah, QBR is a little bit different. That's Okay, that so, yeah, okay, okay. so then the, the rating would be 76.5. Okay, which still, 76.5 is not a good rating for mm-hmm. a quarterback. I mean, Blake Bortles was always around 80, just to give you a reference point. Mm-hmm. Um, Blake Bortles had a higher percentage I think every year of his career in terms of completion percentage than Andrew Luck did in year one. That stuns me. And here's but, the crazy thing, too. He made the Pro Bowl his rookie year. Really? Yeah. Wow, those numbers are throwing me off, man. <laughs> okay. I guess some guys must have sat out. Yeah, well, they ended up 11 and – oh, yeah, out of the Pro Bowl. Yeah, that's a good point. That could yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It is the quarterback uh, position. So you're asking me would I take that – I would be – I'm saying if Trevor Lawrence comes up his first year, puts up those numbers, the season's over, and once again, take the record out of it, right? I yeah, mean, 11-5 yeah, yeah. and five you would kill for, but probably not going to happen. But he puts up those numbers. How are you feeling um, after the season? Uh, not as happy as I'd hope. <laughs> and, and I'm kind of the same way, man. I, I mean, Because those, those are, 18 interceptions just... Those are you, underwhelming numbers. The two numbers, 54% and 18, bug me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we are in a little bit of a different age in offense right now in the NFL, even in an eight-year period, where if you're if you're 54%, like that's one of the big problems right now with Carson Wentz, and that's why people are struggling viewing Carson Wentz as getting it back because he's so bad percentage-wise. Like uh, 65 to 70% is the new norm. That's not just like a Drew Brees number. That's like the new norm. You know, Josh Allen obviously having an MVP caliber year. I think he's at 70% completion rate. That's a guy that was at 57 and 58% yeah. his first couple of years in the league. So that's, uh, that's, I, I would be underwhelmed with the completion percentage and the interceptions. And I'd be like, okay, we got to see more now. That's year one. And, and by the way, year, year one on a team that went one in 15, uh, is, certainly allowable for a honeymoon period and i don't think be like oh my gosh they made the wrong pick oh my god look at justin fields i would just be a little bit underwhelmed by those numbers i certainly don't need 4300 yards passing i think if he has 4300 yards passing he's probably asked to do too much Mm. uh but if you can give me around 36 3800 yards passing you give me around that touchdown mark and i'll even allow for a dozen interceptions and and the completion percentage alone is up at least over 60% or, or right around there at the worst, then I'm okay with it. You know, then I feel better about it. So uh, I'm not asking this guy to go for 4,500, yeah. 30 touchdowns, six picks, uh, 70, 68% completion percent. I'm not being unrealistic here. I just am being honest. If, if you gave me those numbers at the end of next season, I think we'd be saying, hey, there's some good, there was some bad and and this guy we love him and look we saw some things that showcase we haven't seen that before in Jacksonville mm-hmm. this guy's the real deal and would probably talk more about hey they got to put better stuff around him they got to do better around him but he also needs to take some steps and uh, we might talk about that no matter what i think we'd be talking a little bit more significantly with a little more tone in our voice if he ends up with a 54% completion rate in 18 picks. Yeah, and without a doubt, and we have to keep in mind, and listen, I'm not trying to be Captain Buzzkill right now or anything like that. I mean, far from it. 
But if some of the comparisons are, well, he is the next Andrew Luck. You know, he's an intriguing as Andrew Luck coming into the league. Okay, but let's remember how Andrew Luck did his first year. And let's keep in mind here, and no disrespect to the Jaguars coming up, we'll see how they draft, we'll see the free agency, but at the time, Andrew Luck was coming to a team that had some pretty damn good players. T.Y. Hilton, Reggie Wayne, Mathis was still playing at a high level at the edge. Like, they had a pretty dang good team around Andrew Luck for him to be successful, and he put up those numbers. I think that... You know, if Trevor Lawrence puts up those numbers, obviously the record's not going to reflect that. So we might have to expect more from Trevor Lawrence just to satisfy our needs. Yeah, it's a, it's a good call. I'm going to go, now you've got me intrigued. So now I'm looking at other numbers <laughs> and other quarterbacks that we value, right, as, as good players. Yeah. And so, like, I'm not going to, because what's interesting is what you're saying here is, like, remember Peyton Manning threw for, like, the record interception. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, and that is actually more of the kind of team uh, and I'd have to really go back and look. But isn't that kind of the team that he's walking into here in Jacksonville? Andrew Luck was walking into a situation, you're right, where you could go 2-14 and 14 to 11-5. and five. Mm-hmm. This Jacksonville Jaguars team is not going to be 11-5. and five. I mean, let's be honest. It's, it's, uh, that's a pipe dream mm-hmm. to think that they could be 11-5 and five next year. Uh, and so it's not that kind of team. Maybe a little more Peyton Manning-esque. And I forget how many games... Manning won in that first year. I don't think it was too many, but I so, know he yeah. threw for a ton of interceptions. Yeah, so I mean, if you want to go, I mean, I can look it up real quick if you want Peyton Manning's first year. Yeah, so, go ahead. Yeah, so his first year he went 3-13, and 13, a 56% completion percentage, 3,739 yards, 26 touchdowns, 28 interceptions. Yeah, and what did they go record-wise? Uh, they went 3-13. and 3-13. and 13, He yeah. had a, a, a quarterback rating of 71.2. I'm not going to lie. I hope for better <laughs> forever than that, too. Oh, like, I really to. do. Yeah, yeah. So here, I'm going to give you one, and this is going to be uh, – I will probably can find a better one, but let's just go with it for now. I'm going to give you Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. who's playing really good football, right? Uh, and take his – it's really going to be his first full year because he started like six games in year one. So that already is going to skew this because he had a chance to sit behind and learn and wait. But in his first full season, he had 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, 9 picks. Uh, they did go 11-5 and five in Houston. And, again, they were built to be able to do that. He also took 62 sacks that year. <laughs> 62 sacks. Those got to stay with you, man. At least a I couple mean, of those he's still feeling when he gets up in the wow, morning. Wow, that's an amazing amount. That's but ridiculous. His completion percentage, by the way, was 68%. And Watson has been 68, 67, 70 in his three seasons in terms of completion percentage. His yards always hovering around 4,000 and now up around 5,000 this year. Here's the key. His interception total is, and I'm sorry, his touchdown total isn't like 38 and 40. Uh, it's more 26, 26, 33. Mm. But his interception total has been very good, mm-hmm. 9, 12, and 7. And so he has eliminated the mistake. And and keep in mind, this is a guy in, in Trevor Lawrence. One has won a lot of football games. Two has not lost a lot of football games. Three has thrown a lot of touchdowns. And four? has not thrown a lot to the other team in his entire career. Well, and also keep in mind, too, with Deshaun Watson, right, because he can beat you with his legs. Now, he didn't really do it this this year that much, but in the past he's had seven touchdowns uh, rushing, five touchdowns rushing. So he also is the dual-threat type of guy, um, even though maybe his uh, passing touchdown numbers might be a little low.
Yeah, and even in that rookie year, man, just to your point, he rushed quite a bit. It was 99 times for 550 yards. That seems a little bit much for Trevor Lawrence. Well, Brandon, well, the guy was running for, at least with Trevor Lawrence, I think you, you feel a little more confident with offensive line coming in what they have right now, and maybe they, they build off that as well. You know, Sean Watson was running for his life in Houston. He was, and I say that, though. You're right, five touchdowns, but he only had 30. That's only 35 yards a game. You know, that, mm-hmm. That's not actually that. Minshew had what, like 300 yards last year in 12 games or something? Yeah. Uh, so, I, I would I would suspect somewhere between a 300 and 500 yards rushing for Trevor Lawrence wouldn't be that hard to attain. I think 500s on the high end of that. I don't think you want him running that much. I I think he's able to do it, but I don't think you're going to design that in the game very often. Although I'll be glad to see the read option. Come back to No, Jackson. listen, let's go with the read option, but listen, we don't need Sean Payton, Taysom Hill, just go on the goal line and run it in like, hey, we got other weapons, we have other means, you got LaVisca Chenault, like you got a lot of tools at your disposal. Let's not get this guy, you know, banged up his first rookie year here. His first rookie year. His rookie year. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, a double negative. Yeah, and he um really just don't call a game like I saw in the Nash, in the semifinal the other night. 16 rushes <laughs> to me is too much. You know, you, yeah. you want to still use it as a surprise element, and it was too much in my opinion. Uh, someone on social media says, are you kidding me? Give me 11-5 any season. Obviously, that guy didn't get the point of this conversation. I mean, how uh, many times did I have to say we're throwing the record out of it? Uh, he might have just saw it on Twitter. Uh, uh, I got you. I got you. But uh, when I tweeted it out. But okay. hey, that's a fascinating look, man. Uh, fascinating look at, at luck because I would have guessed those numbers would have been more favorable, especially 11-5 and five to a Pro Bowl. Uh, but he, sh- he certainly showed very good things and kept getting better and better and better. Listen, it's not going to all be about year one. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, what we have learned to know around here is what it's supposed to look Well, we know what it's not supposed to look like. <laughs> no, seriously. like We, we, we don't... No, we're um, experts in that, Brent. Yeah, we really are. And, and so I think... Um, I think we know what the eye test will show, right? We're not going to be fooled by a few weeks of success or or even a couple of months of success when maybe – there's still debate about Minshew last year, right? Was that a mirage? Was that because teams didn't know how to do treat him mm-hmm. and had tape on him? Uh, was this the real Minshew? You know, I'm still – I am not a Minshew hater. I, I think he did some good things. I think he can be a good quarterback. I, I think somewhere along the season it went awry for sure. But that's why I like him back here in Jacksonville because I think if you need him for a pinch in, in a four-game stretch, I think he can win you games. I really believe that. So, um, But I also think we, we saw the Blake Bortles for a couple of, a few weeks that led into another couple of years. And fool me once, but... Don't fool me twice, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we've seen pretty good quarterback play from Garrard. We've seen bad quarterback play from Gabbert. Uh, you can go all the way back. I, I think at the end of the day, we're not sure we've ever seen a guy with these kind of tools in Jacksonville. And uh, that's really the moral of the story. Hey, let's take a break. We'll talk more Trevor Lawrence, no doubt about it. And uh, what I didn't get to right there is he did hire an agent. And yeah. uh, what does that mean? And, and the agency that he hired. And, again, sorry, New York. But this has no writing on the wall that they're going to pull an Eli Manning or John Elway. Mm -hmm. And more good news for Jacksonville over the last couple of days, I think. One, he declared he's not going back to Clemson. We kind of knew it, but now we know it. And two, he hires an agency that isn't littered with star players. And that's not to take anything away from the agency, by the way. But it doesn't have the writing on the wall like we're going to pull this power play of... I think it was Tom Condon with Eli Manning. 
um, you know, back in 2004. We'll talk about it when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. People that run these organizations and head coaches have not seen Trevor Lawrence in person. They've only watched clips and film and games. They've got to now sit down, get the information, look at all the information, Zubin and Jay, find out what it is that he does well. Do you think Sean Payton has seen Trevor Lawrence in person? No, because he's trying to win the damn Super Bowl. Eric Bieniemy is in the midst of winning the Super Bowl. He hasn't seen Trevor Lawrence. He hasn't probably even watched Clemson film. You get him on the board in the in your meetings. You put stuff on the board. You ask him where's the hot read at. You ask him what's the protection, and he can't spit that stuff out the way that you thought he could. Will make you nervous. That was not Maurice Jones Drew. That oh. was Keyshawn Jackson. <laughs> Keyshawn Jackson. Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, and hey, I thought Mo came clean yesterday. He did. I was he good. Did. But but hey, listen, I'm not knocking Keyshawn right there. Or Keyshawn J and and Zubin uh, each morning 6 a.m. 10 a.m. on ESPN 690. I'm not knocking that. I, I, he's basically saying the same thing. Do your due diligence, right? Yeah. And make sure there's no red flags. Listen, this guy was thought about. When he played in the national title game, that he could come out that year after his freshman year and be the top pick in the draft. (laughs) That's how good of a prospect this guy is. That does not mean he's great on a board. That does not mean he has some doesn't have flaws. That does not mean you could find something that you don't like about him. Uh, Very true. But I think you'll be hard pressed to find anything. Enough wrong that you're not going to take him with a top overall pick. I think that's more the trend, Austin. No, I hear you. Um, my question to you is, so let's play the role of GM or more importantly probably even head coach right now. And let's say that we're in those combine meetings, right? And let's say that we have our quarterback prospects um, in there and let's say that we make them go to the board. Depending how well they do on the board, like wh- what does that mean to you? Because I'll, I'll give you two cases. Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, the reason why Andy Reid absolutely fell in love with him, or a big reason why, was because of what he was able to do on the board. Um, Andy Reid was quoted saying at the Super Bowl last year, he really liked Deshaun Watson, but after he met with Patrick Mahomes and saw him on the board, he loved Patrick Mahomes, and they went that direction. Kyler Murray, and we don't, I mean, I don't have the exact evidence, but there was rumors and murmurings um, around Kyler Murray saying he was horrible on the board, right? Like, he just, he wasn't that good. Now, don't get it twisted. Kyler Murray still has a lot to prove, I think, in the NFL. I mean, he had this great year this year. He used his legs a lot, and obviously that Kingsbury offense. I'm not sold completely on Kyler Murray now because, let's be honest, my fantasy team is done, and I have no need for him anymore. But with that being said, like, there was the, the murmur saying that Kyler Murray wasn't so good on the board, still goes number one had success this year like do you buy in that narrative where if a quarterback doesn't do well on the board or doesn't blow your socks off that you maybe shy away from him yeah i i w- listen i want that uh, if i look at patrick mahomes as kind of the guy now and say hey if this guy was good on the board i want my guy to be good on the board <laughs> you know I, <laughs> yeah, i've got yeah, the physical yeah, yeah. tools i've got the athleticism i've got all these other things these intangibles but i want that too because that shows me greatness potential um, but I also wouldn't say, okay, I can't have him. He's going to the second round in my book, you know. Mm-hmm. So you just got to be careful of that balance. I understand what those guys are saying. I think there's something to it. Hey, uh, I want to get into this. He signed with his agency, uh, and it's a, it's a smaller agency. We're not going to have time to get into it right now, but hang with us on that topic because New York City a couple of the, last week and the last couple of weeks was like, hey, 
He still might power play his way to us. We're the Jets. We're New York. They're Jacksonville. And yeah, you're the Jets. Yeah, exactly. Hey, and so I want to get the into Jets. That. Okay. But I also want to be able to get into it when we have a little bit more time. We're running up against the top of the hour, and Chris is hanging on the line. So let's get to him right. uh, while he's been hanging on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Chris, what's happening, man? Hey, how's it going, Mr. Brent? Good, good. Hey, last time I talked to you was actually Feudal Friday. It was uh, Friday after we lost to the Titans in Week 2. Oh, boy. And uh, A-Train actually wasn't there, man. What's up, big dog? How you doing, man? You all right? Yes, sir, man. Pleasure to speak to you. So quick question for you guys because I know y'all are busy. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 16 in college on his jersey, right? Is he going to be number 18 when he gets here? Because Conley's out the door, right? We talked about he was dropping a lot of balls. By the way, the last game of the season, he caught a lot of balls. But still, he's out the door. Right? So 18, well, he's going to give any number he wants anyway, so I'll let you speak. 16, 18, or number one? What y'all think? Where do you go? Where do you go, Austin? Man, you know what? I mean, I let Trevor Lawrence take whatever he wants, right? I mean, dude, if you want to rock an 88 for whatever reason, for some strange, peculiar way, then rock the 88. That's probably illegal, though. I think that he rolls with 16, and I'll be honest, the number 16 does nothing for me, but you put that long hair in that teal and black with maybe a mustache. We'll see how that pans out. I like 16. Yeah, I think he stays with 16 because I think he's built a brand with 16, and it can still honor Peyton Manning, and that's why he wore it. And so that's why Chris is asking, will he go to 18 like Peyton did in the NFL? I think that's why he's asking. Well, and that's why I don't like the number 16, because of Peyton Manning and what he did to me. (laughs) But he wore wore 18. He wore 18 when he did that to you. I don't know. In the I, NFL. I, I don't remember, man. I'll be honest with you. All right. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I try to forget about it as much as possible. I try to block that out of my memory bank. But now we're talking about it. I like 16. I mean, the last great 16 quarterback would have been Joe Montana. I think Jim Plunkett wore 16. Who am I missing, folks? I know you'll let me know. Jim Plunkett? That's a pull. That is. Nice that's, flex there, Brad. That is a little. I'm pretty sure he wore 16. <laughs> uh, I can look that up. For, he was 16. Yeah. Yeah. Montana. There's got to be somebody else recently. All right. All right, you New York. Mm-mm-mm. We're getting after you when we come back. <laughs> On ESPN 690.